Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker, longtime Kentucky beat writer, inching towards telling you where I'm going to be writing next. Uh, in the meantime, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we will ta- we will be talking about it here, Curtis and I, Monday through Friday, every week on the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition, we're going to be discussing... The streak, because I don't know if you guys know about this, but Kentucky has lost to Florida in football like a lot of times in a row. Also, we're going to roll in some Saban uh, addressing Rhea Taylor and how that ties into Kentucky, and then we'll wrap up with a little bit of basketball because Calipari went on a Twitter spree and Reed Travis dropped some interesting facts about himself on social media this morning, so we're going to discuss that as well. Um, Let's start, Kyle, with the streak overall, of course. Mark Stoops was asked about the streak, and he kind of he has this. I forget exactly how he, he what it should be. It's not a cliche, but he says it almost every year. It's that they doesn't dance around it, and he knows that it's important to the fan base. It's important to the team, but they don't want to try to put too much emphasis on it. It's a cliche that you know you take it one game at a time, yeah. but that's basically what he was saying. Yeah, and it's a tough spot because of course, I mean, it's the most obvious question every year that you play Florida until you end the streak. I mean, nobody asks about Tennessee anymore, even though the overall numbers are still ridiculously lopsided. I mean, Kentucky's won twice in the last what thirty-five or thirty-six years against uh, Tennessee, but people don't ask because the 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 brutally long streak is over. Back there was not that long ago that you would get Joker Phillips would get the question about both programs. It would have been funny, sort of teasing to our next segment about Nick Saban if if uh, Stoops had just queued up the sound from Saban saying, I, "What did he say? Like I'm not going to talk about it, so stop asking me or whatever it was." Uh, Stoops always says every year now, kind of like the same thing. Like I, I know you're going to ask about it. I know you have to ask about it. It's there. We don't ignore that it's there, but we don't. You know, we don't talk about it. Um, but the I, players, I think the players inherently know. Obviously, the coaching staff does. But I do think the players know. And any time, this is a pretty veteran Kentucky team. So this is a group that's been through some blowout losses. Last year's heartbreaking loss. Uh, they get asked about it every year. I think everybody's super, super aware. Yeah, he joked about how he knows the players will know about it and talk about it. He said, I could try to tell them to stay off social media, but they won't. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, they're, so they're going to see, and they're all aware. Well, I believe now this, I, I think, well, maybe a few years ago, actually, it passed into the territory of longest losing streak between in a, in a consecutive series between two opponents in college football, I think. If I'm remembering right, it was the Our, Notre Dame... Notre Dame Navy? No, no, one of the military yeah, schools. Yeah. I can't remember which one, but after... It had been like 50 years, and they broke that. So... Um, I mean, look, this thing is going to hang over them for as long as it exists. And that's what I think we talked about this before. Like, I think one of the big issues for Mark Stoops in getting total buy-in from the fans, which we know they don't have if you looked into stands on Saturday, it really kind of, to me, boils down to Louisville and Florida, two you know, rivals, two um, opponents that they've had on the ropes multiple times. Um in the in the, in the Mark Stoops era and blown it either blown leads or blown opportunities um, and especially Florida because you've got you know 2014 you go down there it's really not their fault it's you know a, a play clock violation not called and they lose in overtime but last year was the year it's teed up as Mark Stoops will say sometimes this was teed up for us and we whiffed you know and people are sick of hearing that like this was teed up and we didn't get it done but it was 
That was a good Kentucky team. It was a very bad Florida team. It was a frothing home crowd. You know, people were like ready to storm the field. You're up 13 in the fourth quarter at home and you blow it and you blow it in a kind of not just lose, but to blow it in this spectacular fashion. Don't cover two receivers. Benny still breaks a run that should give you the game winning field goal anyway, but a holding penalty. I think that one, that loss sticks in people's craw more than any loss in the Stoops era. I don't. Can you? I mean, do no, you think the there's worst. even an, an? I mean, maybe blowing twenty-one zero against Louisville three years ago when you could have gone to a bowl game and you're up twenty-one zero. The and up blow and down it. of last season's Florida game was. I don't know if there's a parallel. It's utterly ridiculous because, as you just said, you know they they looked like they had it won, then they didn't, and they thought you know you're going to lose again, and then they and have, then they had it won again, and, and then you know it gets pulled, called back, but still they have a field goal in the air which comes up just so a couple fifty four ish. It was, it was a long, yeah. long, ridiculously long, and it just comes up a few yards short. So even to the very very last second, you know there was there still was a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was just a, a crazy game overall. But I mean, the one thing like going to this game specifically, and um, with Dan Mullen. Stoops talked about how they're looking back at some Mississippi State stuff. You know, they're looking at uh, obviously last week's game with Florida, and they're looking at all that stuff. So it obviously is a unique challenge with the new coaching staff on players you should be semi familiar with. So you got to kind of watch two two different teams, right? Um, to piece together what they're going to be facing next week. Well, you know, to reference Alabama, the the brilliance of of Saban and company. You know, in that little documentary, ESPN documentary they had behind the scenes, there's a clip where in the background of a meeting, team meeting with Saban, there's a 2011 Arkansas folder that is thicker than the Gutenberg Bible. I mean, it is like <laughs> I think like 8 inches thick it looks like. So, what what why is there a 2011 Arkansas book back there? That's where Bobby Petrino was seven years ago. They're they're preparing for to to play Louisville, and they're studying Bobby Petrino's 2011 Arkansas team. Crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, coaches do things like that, and 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 I think you do kind of have to throw out the Florida stuff, other than some personnel. Yeah, because this is Dan Mullen's team. It's a different deal, a different offense. Um, yeah, I, Dan Mullen is the quarterback whisperer. He was the guy. Uh, on Urban Meyer's national championship staffs, who mentored Tim Tebow. Before that, he was on his Utah staff and mentored Alex Smith, another number one pick or a number one pick. Then he goes to Mississippi State and he keeps this thing going. He gets Dak Prescott, a fairly lightly recruited guy, and turns him into a Heisman candidate uh, and now a very good NFL player. Uh, and then I, you lose that guy at Mississippi State. That's a once in a generation quarterback for a school like Mississippi State, except for the guy that steps in. Nick Fitzgerald is a superstar. I mean, he ran for, what, over 1,000 yards last season as a quarterback, uh, threw for a bunch too, is one of the best players in the SEC. Well, he goes to Florida where what, what has been the problem for Florida since Tim Tebow? Quarterback stinks year after year after year. Uh, and, they, I mean, he's, he doesn't have any new pieces. He's got to pick one of the guys that was there and do something with him. Here comes Felipe Franks. I think he was a five-star, at least a high four-star recruit. He was a, a coveted recruit, did not play well last year. I think he threw eight touchdowns and Got nine picks. in the Kentucky game. Yeah, he didn't keep the job all year. Wins the job in camp. Dan Mullen, the quarterback whisperer, is back at it. I know they didn't play anybody. I think it was Charleston Southern. He threw five touchdown passes in the first half, zero interceptions. And I went back to watch that game uh, on kind of the abbreviated replay on SEC Network yesterday, and he looked terrific. 
he made some really good reads. He was he did smart things with the football, and he also threw some really good balls. He threw a couple darts in tight windows to guys. He threw some really good deep balls. He threw well on the run. He showed he can run it a little bit. Um, that's a problem for Kentucky. Uh, and I said all along, if you're gonna if the streak is gonna if you're gonna end the streak on the road, which is a very difficult thing to do, if you're gonna go beat Florida for the first time in 31 years and do it on the on the road, doing it in week two of a new head coach with quarterback uncertainty is the way to do it. But I'm not sure they have quarterback uncertainty anymore. I mean, this is Kentucky will pose Whoa, a bigger buddy. threat. You're, 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 one week you're going to just say no, Felipe I'm just saying, Franks is. Not, because of, not just because Felipe Franks threw for five touchdowns in the first half against a no-name opponent, but because I think Dan Mullen's track record is, is almost unimpeachable at this point. I mean, you go Alex Smith to Tim Tebow to Dak Prescott to Nick Fitzgerald, and then okay, I meant to actually meant to look this up um, for the podcast today. Well, he threw five touchdowns against nobody. How many times has a Kentucky quarterback thrown for five touchdowns ever in this in school history? Probably not a ton. Uh, you know, maybe one guy's responsible for a bunch of those. Tim Couch. Um, and and we're talking about a guy again who in his entire season last year threw eight touchdowns and nine picks. He threw five and zero yesterday or Saturday. So um, I think there's a that's a, that's a small piece of evidence of in terms of specific to uh, Felipe Franks. But there's a huge body of work for Dan Mullen that he's really good with quarterbacks, and that's been the problem for Florida: bad quarterback play. And they had Will Greer. Imagine if they still had him. That dude lit up Tennessee over the weekend, the PED scandal that had him transfer from Florida, and now he's a Heisman candidate at West Virginia. Other than Will Greer, they haven't had a quarterback with a pulse since Tebow. Um, and so I think this is a pretty big deal, and I would say at least more worrisome than it was a week ago that now you see the quarterback whisperer do something positive with a quarterback at Florida. All right, you heard it here first. Kyle Tucker on the Felipe Franks Heisman Trophy candidate watch <laughs> list. And if you want to get on That's not it. If you want to get and make a bet on that, because I'm guessing you can get in pretty good odds at this point, go to my bookie. You know, ever <laughs> since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on. The truth is I don't know who's gonna win. But if you think you know, you gotta check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate the offer. That's ONCOLLEGE. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use that promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Nick Saban, has his comments have been the national story to Maria Taylor after... Alabama's dominance of Louisville, uh, they've been ton played up a ton, and Mark Stoops was actually asked about it today, so it'll have a Kentucky tie-in. But Kyle, I'll just let you start. Just call Mark. Just call Nick Saban a, a jerk. Uh, yeah, he's a, a jerk. I mean, way. look, look. I, I really like Nick Saban. I really respect him. He's the best coach in the game. I think he does plenty of charitable, kind things uh, with all his many millions of dollars. I don't think he's a bad person. He's just an ass. 
We can say that on a podcast, right? He 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 has no interpersonal skills. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's just no reason. I mean, it's a guy who wins national championships and frowns and talks about, well, I'm already thinking about next year. Like, come on. Well, yeah, he said in this post game that he was pissed because the game was close or something. It's so ridiculous. 52 yeah. to 14. I mean, like, I that stuff irks me about him because it's like, what is what is the pursuit of greatness and and the repeated achieving of greatness being at the pinnacle of your sport for what is it worth if you're miserable all the time and he acts miserable he acts like everything pains him and he acts like having to answer a question like for the first time when the game ends i, I thought that here. even the phrasing of the question you had a lot of questions about your two quarterbacks going in what answers do you have now that you've seen him play yeah that's Okay, the first person to ask him a question when the first game of the season ends and there's been all this stuff about quarterbacks all Can preseason, I it's a very reasonable question. And the, the defenders of Saban said, well, she asked him before the game and she asked him at halftime. So that was the third time she asked. Well, it was still the first time she asked after the game ended. And Well, here's the thing also. One, I'll make a quick note, and let's see. James Miller, James, I guess that's James Andrew Miller who's wrote all the, the giant ESPN books and the, the one on Saturday Night Live as well. He tweeted out today that Nick Saban called and apologized to Maria Taylor. Um, so, and ESPN confirmed that. Yeah. So, um, so okay. I mean, even he knew that he was a little out of line. Exactly. Like, he wasn't like, he didn't cuss at her. It wasn't, it was just, well, he, the, the, he, yeah, I, was, I mean, he was like yelling and like well, snapping. And there's just, I don't understand the point of that. It, you can be annoyed, but all you have to do is say, hey, they both did, like, well, he we're did. Gonna, and we're going to talk about this. But he I know, started and out then by just saying, left it as that. Yeah, they both did exactly some good right. things and walk away or answer the next question. Or what, what you got? What else you got? Like he said, why do you continually try to get me to say something that doesn't respect one of them? I'm not going to do it. So quit asking. And the last part was like, like coming um, out of his mouth with a fireball. Yeah. Uh, I like. I just. I don't understand that. Also, that his in his mind asking, what do you think now that you've seen them play? Is her hoping that he'll say something bad about the other one? You can just say they both did something. They both did good things. You know, two is our guy. They're both going to play. Whatever. There's a million. He's an expert of coach speak. So just spew some coach speak and move on. I, I don't. I don't understand the need for attitude. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. People who are defending him, I guess they just think that everybody's always out to get their team. Yes. Which is kind of laughable. Well, there's that group. There's Alabama fans who think we're all out to get their team. And then there's just the growing horde of anti-media people. Like everything the media does has a negative agenda that's trying to do something bad and we deserve nothing. That's the other thing. It's like, you don't, he doesn't owe you anything. Well, yeah. I get that. That, But actually, one of the reasons he's rich is because he has media rights deals. I mean, he's a lot of his money comes from TV deals. A lot of his money comes from uh, there's parts of all these coaches' contracts that stipulate media appearances. So, in fact, actually, it is part of the job to stand there and answer questions. If you get paid $9 million a year to coach football, you are a big enough boy to stand there and have a person ask you, what do you think of your quarterbacks? Good grief. If you think that's him being a victim, like – Go go go! Experience some actual turmoil in your life. If that's the hardest thing Nick Saban deals with on on game day, then he needs to toughen up. Wow! I mean, that's like I, I just—it's ridiculous. I just do not. I, it makes me so annoyed that people feel like they need to cape up for a nine million dollar a year co football coach over a question. It's not like it was like grilling him over something really personal and comfortable. 
That is the thing. You're, it's your you coach you coach players. So tell me about your players. I'm sorry if you don't want to answer it, but I'm going to ask, and then you can tell me you don't want to answer it. And if I ask three times, you can tell me three times. That's but what if I you don't scream. Care. You're going to be the guy who's on ESPN on repeat with the clip of you screaming. And so if you didn't want to give them a viral answer about your quarterbacks, instead you gave them a viral video of you looking like an ass. So Wait that's fine. Did Saban just do all this so he'd stop talking about his quarterbacks? That's now. Now, I'll give him some credit that I could actually see him being an evil genius to be like, now all they're going to talk about is what an ass I am. And that's, that's that fine. Would, I think I've hit three asses. That's four now on the podcast. So if thankfully, we don't have any SEC fines because we're not on the radio. I think – or not, not SEC, SEC. FCC. <laughs> I don't think the league can find us or the, or the, the financial uh, organization. Even. I sure hope not. All right, so we'll bring it tie back into – Kentucky football because Mark Stoops was asked about it um, and he basically said that he understands I'm not gonna I'm paraphrasing here he didn't condone anything Saban did I'll make that very clear he was obviously he was asked about the quarterbacks later and basically said something that Saban should have said that they both did well but his point here was that he and this is like next level paranoia and I guess that's just par for the course for college coaches He's afraid if he compliments one guy too much, that's it's going to be looked at as disparaging to the right. guy behind them or the the other guy. Right. So he always he also mentioned Danny Clark, and they yeah. always try to bring up all the quarterbacks in the room, and that's yep. Eddie Grand, Darren Henshaw, it's all those guys because they're afraid if they leave somebody out of the discussion, people will stop talking about them and it'll be disrespect. Well, and 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 this is where I'll give them some. I'll I'll back off a little bit of my like vitriol about this. I do know firsthand that what happens when this does happen, uh, when a coach says, well, quarterback A has just been incredible and either doesn't say that about quarterback B or is less effusive in the praise, guess what happens to their phone? Dad of quarterback B says, you don't have anything nice to say about my kid? And mom of quarterback C says, oh, you just forgot about quarterback C? And I know that has happened across the board in college football. You're dealing with parents. You're dealing with these people in these players' lives who think their guy should be the guy, or you're 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 out to get them. And I do understand that that happens. And you're you're trying to avoid transfers. You're trying to avoid these, you know, one a.m. on game night phone calls from parents. I know it's happened here at Kentucky uh, in the Mark Stoops era. There have been there have been families who were not happy about even just comments like how how the coach talks about the players in the past. Um, and so like, I get that. I understand that they're sensitive to that, but at the end of the day, again, that's why they pay you millions of dollars. Be a big boy. Like you can take a couple phone calls from angry dads. Part of your job as a coach, Cal will tell you this. You get paid the money, the big money to manage egos, to manage parents, to manage handlers. That's just, that comes with the territory. I know that you'd like to cut that headache out of your life, but it, you know, it's part of the job. Suck it up, big boy. That's what I say to any coach who wants to overly complain about it. But I do, I get, I get why they want to complain, or or they don't want to say anything. It's not. I don't think it's ever too hard to compliment both and say nice things about somebody and it not be taken as a shot. So I don't know. I just feel like they always see it's next level kind of someone's out to get me and it's just paranoia too. Oh, by the way, it's Tua. I mean, like <laughs> like they have a clear-cut best quarterback. Well, Tua was unbelievable in that game. To that point, from Kentucky's standpoint though, it is depth chart was re-released sec week 2. It's exactly the same. Terry Wilson yep. is still the starter. 
from a Kentucky standpoint, Mark Stoops was asked about if he has um, a shorter leash with his QBs right now after you know what he saw in game one. We're going to play that for you real quick and then comment on it. No, I, I uh, you know, you've watched me if you covered me for for the for years that I've been here. Is uh, I really don't believe in having a short leash for a quarterback. Again, within reason. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you how everything's going to play out because I don't know. I think that's the right mentality to have. Basically, you just yeah. you're not going to. That's all Nick Saban had to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, stop with you know, go with. Uh, they both did some things well. Uh, I've always believed in not having a short leash with my starter. Let a guy get out there and play. If he's rolling, keep him rolling. You know, don't make him look over his shoulder, yada, yada, whatever, whatever, you know, combination of those words. But that's exactly what Nick Saban could have yeah, done, and, and it would have been fine. And, and stopped with, which he sort of did, but then he had to snap off at the end. And that, that kind of just all anybody heard was the snap off at the end. And the thing that he ended that comment with, was I, I'm not going to tell you how everything plays out because I don't know. Like that's what Sabian can say, and it's it, here's the thing with that statement. I think it's true. Yeah, that's that not mo- promising that Terry's the guy indefinitely or 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 or, exactly. or definitely. Um, it's also not saying like Gunner could steal his job because look, Gunner Hoke made led one touchdown drive. Looked great. He in looked it. great in it. But Second. that's the whole the the whole reason for hope is be, on Gunner Hoke is tied up in one drive. Terry Wilson had some bad plays. He also had some bad luck on some of those turnovers. Yeah. Uh, he also had a new starting left tackle. Um, and it was his first game playing major college football. So, you know, I think you saw enough in enough flashes in Terry Wilson to say, I could, I can envision him, you know, getting better week by yeah. week and taking this thing and running with it at some point. But you could also, there's also a door open. I think that's, that's also fair to say like Gunner didn't, play himself gunner the one thing that didn't happen is gunner came in and you go yep that's why he's the backup he did enough that if if terry wilson falters again or if because of the way he plays he gets out and scrambles and gets his bell rung and yeah you need another guy you feel pretty good about him that and that's where they are i just throwing in danny clark that's coach speak and i'm not disparaging danny he's clark the youngest, there are two yeah. guys right now i think danny clark could be the guy down the road but it's a Gunner Hoke, a Terry Wilson thing, and I and I think he will. I think he'll start Terry Wilson, and unless Terry is just a nightmare, then we'll see Terry Wilson. However, they're going to the swamp. They're going to play at Florida. And uh, last time they did that, didn't go too well. We and they had a defined starter then too, and we saw the emergence of the backup. All right, um, we're gonna wrap with a little bit of basketball, some social media fun, not a ton of actual news, but Kyle first. You know, if someone wants to get in on this podcast and advertise their business, how do they do that? Well, Curtis, they can just send us an email at LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. If you're interested in reaching Kentucky fans every day, Monday through Friday, right where they are in their cars on their way home from work, on their way to work, or in the morning while they're making breakfast listening to us on Alexa, which you can do, I think, if you just tell Alexa to play Locked On Kentucky podcast. Um, this is the spot. Um, this is a chance to reach the most passionate fan base, I think, in college sports, or certainly one of them. Uh, and we're here talking Kentucky sports every day. So send us an email at LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com, LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. The wait is nearly over. Football is almost here. Well, college football is here. NFL begins this weekend. 
And that means fantasy football season and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everybody and there are more ways than ever to win. Don't believe us? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, and don't miss the chance to sign up now. I'm pumped to play in that Survivor League, and you should be too. Right now, to get into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Plus, as a new user, you get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, Kyle. First of all, I'm getting in on that. I got I to gotta join up. I'm going to play against you in the, uh, the Survivor League. Those are fun. Yeah, they are. Speaking of fun, social media, we'll start with Reed Travis. UK basketball Twitter account has been putting out little bio stuff over the summer to kind of share some info. Reed Travis, the old man in the group, totally went old man of the group and said that his favorite TV shows include Seinfeld and The Office. I mean, he was he might be old enough to have watched those live on television. <laughs> the like twenty nine year old Stanford graduate. What is he twenty two? I can 23? look up how old he is. I should know that. Um I don't think he could watch Seinfeld. No, he couldn't have. Uh I could barely have. <laughs> I but what I like about that, what I like about the Seinfeld, one, he's he's he, those are both great. He's twenty two, um, he's gonna turn twenty three on November twenty fifth. So pretty old. I mean, relative to these, not they, have to have, life, they have to have it. They have to have at least one actual eighteen-year-old probably on the roster. Um, so he's like probably five years older than at least one or two of the freshmen. Probably. Um, what I like about Seinfeld is that that gives him such a great bonding opportunity with Jerry Tipton of the Herald Leader, and I and I, I've always thought that those two guys would be kindred spirits. Reed Travis, they're both and old Jerry souls. Tipton. And Jerry, you know, Jerry's a big hit with these guys, these players. They're, they're sometimes he'll talk music with them, uh, video games. He he wants to stay up on which video games are the are they're playing so he can hone his skills. But but he and he and Reed Travis, I think, can really bond over the Seinfeld. I would like to see actually that would be a great video that Jerry should do. Is he and Reed Travis like you watch know Seinfeld? like no no well that for sure I would watch I would watch a live stream of Jerry. And UK basketball players watching Seinfeld for eight hours a day, and I would pay for it. So, Harold Leader, there's an idea for you. Uh, but I would like like a video of Jerry, uh, like a quote off, like a Seinfeld quote off with Jerry and Reed Travis would be good. That What's would be better? that would be excellent content. What's better, The Office or Seinfeld? Ooh, oof. man, I really loved The Office. Um, like its best episodes are pretty unbelievable. But so I mean, Seinfeld, I don't know. I well. I think Seinfeld is probably like the funniest show of all time. That's, probably. That could it, be. It's probably the best comedy series of all time. I will give you that. All right, we'll wrap with And this. most quotable. Let me get to this first, since you already started um, saying this word on the podcast. This is from a few days ago. Oh, one of our favorite Twitter people, Megan Calipari, actually sent out a screenshot of a text conversation she had with her dad, John Calipari, and... I think this was posted to her social media, but it's her like feeding a squirrel or something with a squirrel and she's kind of crouched and it's her back. 
And Calipari sent it to her and texted said, it to her, right? Yes, and said the plumber, because you know she plumber's cracked. Yes. Yeah. And there was no crack. There was no crack. And she replied to her father and said, "The only ass in this scene <laughs> is the one behind the camera." That's pretty good. Again, we've talked about this. Their family going at each other on on social media is one of the funnier things in Kentucky sports right now. In a, on a more serious note on social media, John Calipari is now apparently weighing his own mortality out in out in the public for all to see. He's having like kind of an emotional yeah. moment today. Uh, One, two, three, four, like six, five, five, a five Twitter thread burst about life. Uh, he said he was watching hours and hours of the Aretha Franklin and John McCain funerals, and he was thinking about the impact they had on others lives and the world and, and how they were not afraid to speak uh, truth to power uh, and how many lives they changed. And he said he didn't feel uh, good enough or, or he felt uh, less than, I guess, uh, in the um, pantheon of world changers as a basketball coach, that it's mm-hmm. maybe hard to change the world as a basketball ch- basketball coach, but that he tries and he tries. And, you know, we, we've talked about and seen some of the ways that he tries to, in the short amount of time, he has a lot of these guys demonstrate to them that they have a platform at Kentucky and with that platform and what will eventually be many in many cases many many millions of dollars um, you should use it to help somebody else and I don't think he's really even cares where you want to use that he's had guys Michael Kid Gilchrist helps kids with a stutter because that's near and dear to him and Cal uh, is big on the Samaritan's feet and some other charities but while they're here he takes them to participate in those things they did that over in the Bahamas and I've always thought that was one of the coolest things that they do in this program is teach kids. I mean, you know that you have probably a half a dozen future millionaires on your roster at all times if you're Kentucky basketball. And to teach them not only how to manage that because they focus on that too, the financial management part of it. Cal likes to say uh, money has wings. But also to use some of that to help others. And just even not if it's not your money, to use your – uh, the fact that if a kid sees you, a Kentucky basketball player, it changes his life and his day, um, that's a big deal. It's a good thing, and uh, I, I think it's cool, and I think it's interesting that Cal is, uh, was emoting today about all that on Twitter. Watching, I guess when you get to be a certain age and you start watching some of your contemporaries have funerals, you start, you start thinking about things like that. I think that happens almost every time of the year with John Calipari, this time of the year with John Calipari, where he's away from basketball, he starts thinking about life. And then he sent out the infamous Footprints in the Sand uh, tweet <laughs> about how a footprint in the sand reminded him of the poem Footprints in the Sand. <laughs> <laughs> and we get like updates from the Alaskan bush people. Or is yeah, that, isn't that the name are, of the show he yes, watches? Yeah, they got a new season out. So. Uh, All right, Kyle. Yeah, uh, Kyle's bored. We need to put that guy to work. <laughs> Kyle, uh, let people know where they can follow you on social media. At Kyle Tucker underscore SEC on Twitter. You can follow me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Be sure to be following at Locked On UK and find the Facebook page. You need to do that because eventually, once we get everything rolling and going, I think we're going to be trying to do some live shows on there. So you'll want to be a part of that. So search Locked On Kentucky on Facebook, like the page, subscribe to it, do all those things so you get notifications when we go live so you can be a part of those shows coming up in the future. We'll give you a heads up on those uh, going forward. But as always, please subscribe and rate this podcast and leave a comment. Those always really help a lot. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.